Chapter Twenty Three of the Charing Cross Mystery by J. S. Fletcher. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Landlady of Little Smith Street. Garrowell's office proved to be up two flights of stairs in St. Martin's Lane. They were dark and dingy stairs, and none of the four men clambering up them noticed that an office boy rushing unceremoniously downward carried a small parcel with which he fled out of the door and away down the street they were indeed thinking of garrowell and within five minutes they were all in his private room for another five minutes matterfield was explaining matters explaining to an obviously startled and much astonished listener that's how it stands concluded matherfield you've evidently got the explanation mr garrowell now but you surprise me broke in the solicitor i've acted for madame listorel in two or three matters i've got things from her safe for her before once or twice and i saw nothing unusual in the letter she sent me this morning here it is you can see it her usual note-paper certainly her handwriting nobody i think could imitate that successfully you see what she says i was to give the enclosed authorization to the safe people take out a small square brown leather-covered box from the safe pack it up and send it off to mr c basing post office southampton at once by express delivery nothing unusual in all that i think of course i carried out her wishes but look at the letter all four men were looking at the letter it was as garrowell described and whether it had been written under duress or not the writing was bold and firm but matherfield seized on the envelope and after a glance at it pointed to the postmark see that he exclaimed posted in the s w district late last night if madame had been at home in paddington the postmark would have been different well but the square box mr garrowell you've got it of course do you know that that box probably contains jewels worth the box ejaculated garrowell got it of course not it's gone the boy went off to the post office with it oh just before you came gad muttered lord moradale well the post office at once matherfield but matherfield suddenly laughed throwing up both hands as if with a sudden inspiration no my lord no he said no the box is safe enough in the post it's off to mr c basing post office southampton and when mr basing calls to collect it he'll find me there was triumphant conviction in matherfield's tone there was the impulse to immediate action in the way in which he pulled out a railway guide from his pocket and rapidly turned its pages but heatherwick and lord moradale looked at each other and each saw that the other was dubious yes said lord moradale slowly um no doubt matherfield but i say you know those jewels are worth no end safe enough perhaps in the hands of the postal authorities now they are there but there's many a slip you know and 
"'You might take the postal authorities into your confidence,' suggested Heatherwick. "'These people are up to all sorts of wily tricks.' Matherfield laughed quietly. It was the laugh of a man who knows his own business thoroughly, and is a little impatient of outside criticism. "'I know what I'm doing, gentlemen,' he answered. "'Leave it to me as to what I do with the post-office people.' "'I've as good as got the handcuffs on Basverie, or on Ambrose, perhaps on both. "'This is how I figure the thing,' he went on, with a final glance at the timetable. "'These two men have got Madame Listorel and the young lady secretary in their power, safe somewhere in London. "'They forced Madame, last night, to write that letter to Mr. Garwell here. "'We know what they made her write.' Mr. Garwell got the small box containing the jewels, and he's sent it off already, by express delivery, to Southampton. It will be there early this evening, and one or other of the men will be there to meet it. If Basvery calls for it, Ambrose will be round the corner. If Ambrose calls for it, Basvery will be close at hand. Probably they're already in Southampton. They'd go this morning to be on the spot. As soon as the box is in their hands, they'll be off, probably to the continent, by Southampton and Havre. They won't try the Atlantic. The five days' voyage would be too risky. They'll make for France. But they won't get to France. They'll find themselves in the lock-up at Southampton before bedtime. You see if that doesn't come off, gentlemen. "'as sure as my name's what it is. "'Now, Quigman, you come with me. "'We've just nice time to catch the one-thirty "'and to get in touch with the Southampton police "'and lay our plans and make our arrangements. "'Sometime tonight, gentlemen, you'll hear from me.' "'Then Matherfield hurried Quigman away, "'and the three men left behind looked at each other. "'Mr. Garwell was obviously much concerned.' and his hands, thin and nervous, trembled as he began to arrange the papers on his desk. "'This is a most distressing business, gentlemen,' he said. "'It is very painful to me to think that I have been made an instrument in a crime of this sort, however innocent a one. But how could I tell that this letter was forced out of Madame d'Istorel? On the face of it—' "'Oh, there's no blame attaching to you, Mr. Garwell,' interrupted Lord Moradale. "'On the face of it, the letter's genuine enough. "'But I wanted to ask you a question. "'How much do you know of Madame Listorel? "'I mean, how often has she employed you?' Two or three times only,' replied Garwell. "'She came to me first about an agreement which I had had "'to send her on behalf of another client.' She seemed very friendly, and was kind enough to say that next time she had any legal business, she would remember me, as she hadn't any regular solicitor of her own. I think, he added, with a deprecating smile, she probably saw that I was beginning and hadn't much to do. I see, said Lord Moradale, looking round at the somewhat humble appointments of the office, "'And you've been to that safe-deposit place on her behalf how often? "'Twice. "'On each occasion, Madame Listorel wrote her instructions from abroad. "'Once she was in Paris, the other time she was at Nice. 
the instructions were similar on both occasions i was to go to the safe deposit get a certain parcel or article and post it to an address given the first time i sent a small parcel to amsterdam i have the exact address and name the second to new york so that of course when i got madame's letter this morning i saw nothing unusual in it just so agreed lord moradale you wouldn't well i hope matherfield will clap the irons on the man who forced her to write it eh heatherwick with all my heart responded heatherwick but i too want to ask mr garrowell a question how long he continued have you been here in st martin's lane oh four or five years replied garrowell then you know this district pretty well of course have you ever come across a man whom i'll try to describe to you he went on to give an accurate if concise description of basbelli that man he concluded is sometimes seen around here garrowell nodded i know him he said in fact he's been in this very room to see me but i don't know his name nor anything much about him he was brought here by another man and he only stayed a few minutes how much do you know about him however little asked heatherwick this much you know that people who have invented things come to solicitors for legal advice and sometimes to get information as to how they can best dispose of their inventions well about nine months ago a man came to me who claimed to have invented a drop bottle that is a bottle from which you could only drop one drop of stuff at a time he said such a thing was badly wanted and that there ought to be a pile of money in it he wanted to know how best to get it on the market i didn't know but i mentioned the matter to one or two people and a man i knew at that time for he's since dead unfortunately said that he knew a man who was a sort of commission agent for inventions took up a good idea don't you see and introduced it and he promised to bring him to see me he brought him the man he brought was without doubt the man you describe his name was not mentioned but i'm sure he was that man i don't know what your man is but i felt sure that the man i am talking about either was or had been a medical man ah exclaimed heatherwick what made you think that from his conversation from the remarks he made about the bottle he didn't take it up he said my client was too late and was wrongly informed into the bargain there was such a thing and a superior one already on the market he went away then and as i say i never heard his name and i've never seen him since that's the man we want said heatherwick if matherfield can only lay hands on him but we shall know more by midnight outside he turned to lord moradale with a shake of his head we're no nearer to any knowledge of where the two women are he exclaimed oh i don't know responded lord moradale i think we are you know you see if matherfield nabs those chaps or even one of them he or they will see that the game's up and will give in and say where their captives are odd business heatherwick that people can be kidnapped and imprisoned in broad daylight in london 
i don't think there's anything impossible or odd in london answered heatherwick dryly if one had only the least idea as to which quarter of the town that car was driven one might be doing something lots of subsections in every quarter and subsections again in each of those replied lord moradale with equal dryness take some time to comb out this town no i think we must trust to matherfield nothing else to trust to in fact but heatherwick suddenly thought of mapperley he began to wonder what the clerk was after what his notion had been then he remembered mapperley's admonition to look out for a message about that time and excusing himself from lord moradale he jumped on a bus and went along to the temple there in the letter-box he found a telegram meet me victoria three o'clock mapperley heatherwick set off for victoria there and then but it was only a quarter past two when he got there and as he had had no lunch he turned into the restaurant there when he was halfway through a chop mapperley found him and slipped into a chair close by before heatherwick noticed his presence thought i might find you in here sir said mapperley they were alone in a quiet corner but the clerk lowered his voice to a whisper well he continued bending across the table i've done a bit anyhow in what way asked heatherwick mapperley produced from his breast pocket some papers and from amongst them selected an envelope the azure-tinted envelope which he had picked up from the caretaker's supper-table at st mary's mansions you recognize this he said with a sly smile you know where i got it this is the envelope which basvelli took to the caretaker with the order to enter madame d'istorin's flat you knew that i carried it off from under the man's nose last night but you didn't know why i only laughed when you asked me well why then inquired heatherwick this reason replied mapperley we both noticed that the sheet of paper on which the order had been written by madame had been shortened there was no doubt that a printed or embossed address had been trimmed off rather roughly too we noticed that i say both of us but i don't think you noticed something far more important far far more important for our purposes no admitted heatherwick i didn't what this said mapperley turning back the broken flap of the envelope you didn't notice that here on the envelope is the name and address of the stationer who supplied the stuff there you are w h calkin eighty five broadway westminster you never saw that mr heatherwick but i did heatherwick began to comprehend he smiled gratefully smart of you mapperley he exclaimed i see and you've been there i've been there answered mapperley i saw a chance of tracking these men down i couldn't get hold of calkin till nearly noon but got on like a house of fire when i did get him you see he went on that paper is to start with of an unusual tint in colour secondly it's of very superior quality though very thin intended chiefly for foreign correspondence thirdly it's expensive 
now i felt certain its use would be limited and what i wanted to find out from the stationer was to whom he'd supplied it that was easy he recognized the paper and envelope at once of the handwriting on the paper he knew nothing whatever madame's writing you know that he'd never seen before but he said at once that he'd only supplied that particular make of paper and envelope to three people and for each person he'd prepared a die to emboss the address the embossing had been done at his shop and he showed me specimens of each one was for the dowager lady markentree one twenty grosvenor gardens that was no use the second was for miss chelandry eighty seven ebury street that was out of count too but the third was what i wanted it was just the address fifty six little smith street southwest one as soon as i saw it i knew i got onto the right track go on said heatherwick the stationer calkin didn't know the name of the man who ordered this paper and gave this address continued mapperley he knew him well enough as a customer though and described him basveri without a doubt calkin says that basveri during the last few months bought various items of stationery from him notebooks duplicating paper office requisites and so on he never knew his name but as he always carried away his own purchases and paid spot cash for them that didn't matter calkin supplied him with ten quires of this paper and envelopes to match a couple of months ago so there you are and there i was sure at last that basveli's mysterious hiding-place was fifty-six little smith street good good said heatherwick what next well i thought we could do with a bit of help replied mapperley smiling so i left calkin bound to secrecy of course and telephoned to issy goldmark issy is just the sort of chap for games of this sort issy came and he and i took a stroll round do you know little smith street not i answered heatherwick never heard of it oh well but it is a street said mapperley it lies between great smith street and tufton street back at the church house not so far from the abbey bit slummy down those quarters round about sort of district that's seen decidedly better days still there's good solid houses there fifty-six is one of em from outside it looks the sort of house you can't get into dark silent heavily curtained windows sort of place in which you could murder anybody on the quiet very substantial front door painted dark green with an old-fashioned brass knocker that sort of house we took a good look at it see anything asked heatherwick nothing but what i've told you lifeless sort of place answered mapperley however having once seen it i wasn't going to leave it unwatched so i posted issy there in the window of a convenient public-house and came away to telegraph to you and there issy is either in his pub or loafing around and now we ought to go and hear if he's anything to report and if he hasn't what then just so said heatherwick that's it what then 
but before we do anything at all mapperly i'd better post you up as to what's happened elsewhere this morning you see he continued when he'd finished his story if matterfield's theory is correct and basveli has already gone to southampton to collect that parcel on its arrival and if ambrose has gone with him we shan't find basveli at this address but we might inquire if he's known there mapperly reflected a while then an idea seemed to suggest itself pay your bill sir and let's get out to a post-office directory somewhere he said we'll get the name of the occupier of fifty-six little smith street ten minutes later they were looking down the long columns of names in a directory mapperly suddenly pointed to what they wanted there we are he said mrs hannah mallet boarding-house proprietor come along said heatherwick we'll see mrs mallet anyhow but on arrival at little smith street mapperly looked round first for his friend mr goldmark mr goldmark materialized suddenly apparently from nowhere and smiled afternoon mister he said politely to heatherwick lovely weather isn't it ain't seen nothing mapperly old bean ain't been a soul in or out of that house since you hopped it seems to me it's locked up we'll see about that remarked heatherwick come with me mapperly you stay here goldmark and keep your eyes as open as before he advanced boldly with the clerk at his heels to the door of number fifty six and knocked loudly on the stout panel supplementing this with a ring at the bell the dual summons was twice repeated with no result somebody coming whispered mapperly suddenly bolted inside as well as locked heatherwick distinctly heard the sound of a stout bolt being withdrawn then of a key being turned the door was opened only a little but sufficiently to show them the face and figure of an unusually big woman an amazon in appearance hard of eye and lip who glared at them suspiciously as soon as she saw that there were two of them narrowed the space through which she inspected her callers but heatherwick got a hand on the door and a foot across the threshold mrs mallet he inquired in a purposely loud voice just so is dr Basveri in both men were watching the woman keenly and they saw that she started a little involuntarily but her head shook a ready negative nobody of that name here she answered she would have shut the door but for heatherwick's foot he advanced it further giving mrs mallet a keen searching glance perhaps you know dr Basveri by another name he suggested so is mr basing in but the ready shake of the head came again and the hard eyes grew harder and more suspicious nobody of that name here either she said don't know anybody of those names i think you do persisted heatherwick sternly he turned to mapperly purposely we shall have to get the police look out sir exclaimed mapperly snatching at heatherwick's arm your fingers the woman suddenly banged the door to narrowly missing heatherwick's hand which he had closed on the edge a second later they heard the bolt slipped and the key turned and heatherwick as with a swift illumination comprehended things and turned sharply on his clerk mapperly 
sure as fate he exclaimed those ladies are in there trapped shouldn't wonder sir agreed mapperley and as you say the police come back to goldmark said heatherwick going lower down the street and retreating into the shelter of a doorway the three men held a rapid consultation suddenly interrupted by an exclamation from the jew who still kept his eyes on the house help me if the woman ain't leaving the house he said see see lockin the door behind her goin up the street heatherwick looked and saw and pushed goldmark out of the doorway follow he said and for god's sake don't miss her End of chapter 23